This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halo. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partners in crime this afternoon, John Crane and Jared Timms. It is, that's right, spring training. Woohoo! What's going on? John, first, how you doing, dude? I am good. My wife uh, is on your time zone, I think, around this time, Derek. She got dropped off on a plane. She packed her bag. She left. She went with the kids. I mean, she, no, she didn't take the kids. She left me with the kids. I'm a single uh, dad until uh, Thursday. But she's in uh, Rhode Island. So she's on your time zone right now, Derek. Rhode Island. In yeah, March? Teacher Not thing. February. Teacher in thing. February? Te- yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's going to. She, she, she scouted it out. She walked out with uh, some ha- you know, gloves. She got some gloves. She got uh, those uh, several of those hats. Yeah, she's going to have a good time. Well, oh, she just texted me right now. There's snow out there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's winter. It's winter. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing good. I have a quick question because I told some people I would start this podcast with this. Quick question for you guys. You okay with that? All right. Sure. Okay. There's a pitcher in AAA. What is his name? <laughs> you know what? It made my day when the Angels got it on the joke there. Did you see that? Yes, I loved it. It was great. It would, John, do you even know what we're talking about? Because you're kind of oblivious sometimes. Yeah, no, I'm oblivious on that one. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, Jared, tell the story. I don't even know what the whole story is behind it, to be honest. It's just there's a pitcher in AAA, and his name is Parker Bridwell. I don't know what else. I don't know where else to go from that. I mean, it might have been trending on Twitter at one point, you know, like, I, I I don't know. But and then the Angels got into it, and nobody was expecting them to even know, like, what they meant. And, you know, there's been some Angels writers kind of in on it, too. And it, I, I don't know, like. How like I know how it's gotten to be, but I don't, you know, it's 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 just kind of funny that it's taken off like this as a joke. <laughs> as a joke, absolutely. I don't even know. I don't even know if it's a joke anymore. I think it's more like 
I think it's more serious at this point. <laughs> well, I think everyone's just trying to top shot. For those of you who aren't familiar with how this goes on Twitter, you can make things go pretty viral. Like you can on Facebook, but a little more on Twitter. Things get more, things get, I think things get hotter on Twitter, don't you think? 100%, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it's pretty much the Twitter wars. Also, want to point out before we forget that, yes, Talking Halos is hosting some fancy baseball leagues this year because, well, why not? And we put it on Twitter. Make sure it's on Facebook as well on, on the show. If you are interested, you can DM us your email address if you really want in, or you can email it to us at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. When you join the league, though, make sure you're paying attention to the settings because some leagues I think we're going to set up to go on for next year and some are going to be just for this year. And uh, so I think we'll put together some prizes at the end of the year. Nothing big because we're poor, but we'll put together some prizes at the end of the year and maybe, just maybe, you'll win the league this year. All of us. I think, John, you're joining up. Jared, you're in. Brock's in. You guys are all in, right? Yeah, let's encourage fans and not stat geeks. We already got enough stat geeks by my count already. We're 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 full of those. We need some just some some fans who you know like who like uniforms, you know, like the home uniform or the. Um. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I need somebody to I need somebody to finish in front of. Come on, people. <laughs> this it's a stat game though, man. It's a stat. You do realize that it's a stat game. It's just. Yes, Derek. Come I on. do realize that fantasy baseball is a stat game. Yes, I do. And I used to play for years, and then life happened. I stopped playing. I haven't played. This is my first year playing in, I want to say, almost six years, seven years. I go back and look. It's been a while. It's been a while. Anyways. I get dibs on Mike Trout. Okay? Well, you'll get dibs on whoever lands there. Whoever okay. lands there. You pick. Uh, all right. So, all that in mind, we are a young podcast, but in case you couldn't tell, we're trying to interact with you, the fans. We're trying to we'll grow as a show as well, and we're also doing a contest. And we're almost there. My goodness, it's almost time to win those tickets. We're getting closer and closer to those 100 five-star reviews. If you could, head over to Apple Music, leave us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. If you think we've been working hard, providing good content for you, Make it happen, please. Go over to Apple Music, leave that review, take a screenshot of the actual review. It needs to be written, okay? Email it to talkinghalesgmail.com, give us that feedback, and we'll read your stuff on the air. I'm planning on reading a bunch this week, probably the midweek show. We're going to do a midweek show this week. And also, if you are a new listener and you are enjoying the show, please do us a favor and share this show out to other Angels fans. If you have to go to a game, Leave us, and you know what, John might be. John, I think uh, you're planning on going as much as you can this year, right? You talking regular season? You talking preseason? You talking both? Regular season. Regular season, I will go as often as I can, and I also going to be. Uh, I have a see. I have my little uh, package for um, the end of the Empire team, so you know I might run into Jared or somebody out there, maybe Brock. I don't know, but yeah, well, I'll, yeah, I'll go as often as I can. You know me, I'm. I do know you, and you're kind of becoming more and more. I noticed you already enjoy going to games, and you kind of became more and more of an addict as the year went on last year. You were going well, more. I, I and actually more went to less games more. last year than I went this year. I think that that's what intrigued you when you reached out to me is how many games I was going to. Um, 
And last year, I didn't get to go as many games as I'd hoped. But now with the Inland Empire uh, games, I think I got like six of those. And uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on, John. Hold on, John. Yes. Let's tell mm-hmm. the truth. I, what intrigued me was I needed to see if there was a demand out there for a podcast. And you were like, oh, yeah. And we started talking. And then you decided you wanted to give it a try. Making it sound like I came recruiting for John Crane to be in the podcast. That wasn't exactly the case. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I was. Is I didn't. Your story? Is that your story? Is that what you're sticking to? Well, we can pull off the screenshots if you want. Yeah, how do you, yeah <laughs> I, I know. I, I know you knew how I was. A, I was an Angels fan. Yes, and we actually have met through a video game of all places. And before you know yeah. it, we're talking, and Years. you're getting interested. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna give it a shot. And you actually want to be a lot of fun. We enjoy having you here. Oh, thanks. I appreciate Jared, that. Jared, though, is just kind of sitting in the background now like a third wheel. Jared, how you doing, man? We, we, what's going on overall? It's going good. You know, it's good to have you guys back. I mean, I love hosting the show. I don't do as good of a job as you do, Derek. But, you know, it, it, it's it's fun hosting the show. It's good to have you guys back, though. You know, it's good having, you know, I, I, like I said, love doing it. Love having Brent on. Love having uh, Brock with me. But, uh, I mean, Derek, nobody beats you doing the show, so... I don't know if I should feel like I have a warm feeling in my heart or if you're being sarcastic, but I'll just I'll choose option A. And you did fine, man. You guys had some good content, although I, I know what I want to note. All this Dodgers love you guys showed during the shows this week. What the crap, man? Brock, you, the other uh, – what's all this Dodgers love. You know this is an Angels podcast, right? I know, I know, and it's like – as being in, being an Angels fans, you know it's it's one of those things where it, it's impossible to not talk about the Dodgers. I mean, just like if you're a Red Sox or Yankees fan, you can't talk. It, it's impossible not to talk about the other team, or you know. So I mean, it's 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 just hard not to talk about them, especially when they're about to do what they're going to do this year. I think you know. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, and, and you know, it's a I don't know. It's it's a tip of the cap to the Dodgers too. They're if they don't win the World Series this year, it's it's unfortunate. And I, I mean, I know that we're an Angels podcast, but I want to oh see. Oh boy, a World you're, Series. Are, you're already going there with Dodgers talk, John. I want to see a World Series back in um, SoCal. Come on. Okay, we've already had two World Series back in SoCal, and they ended exactly the way I'd prefer that they end. Uh, yeah, um, no. It, it, so we're rooting for a team that has an ungodly amount of money because of an ungodly contract they have. This is the Yankees of the of the uh, West Coast now. Uh, I know that, except that they haven't won a World Series in thirty two <laughs> years. Thirty two years, everybody. And remember, keep in mind, Jared, we got this is the mantle that I constantly cling to. Raise your hand if your team has won a World Series in this century. So, Cal, yep, only one hand raised, Angels fans. Thank you. All that said, all that said, I think after all the stuff this week that we saw going on, all of it with the Astros and their apologies and more stuff being released about the role that Beltron played and all that jazz and, and all the schemes, I can, I could say that you know, I have, well, I have a large amount of um, some empathy for Dodgers fans. And every playoff team that year, they have to deal with the Astros. I'm not going to say the Astros wouldn't have won the division, but, you know, you cheated. 
and you cheat all the way through. We're going to talk about that as well. I think especially for me, I have a, I have a lot to say about it. But um, first things first, what's going on with the Angels? I'm going to you, Jerry, right away. Injuries to Justin Anderson this week and Ty Buttrey. What's the update on both, and how does this affect the team? Yeah, uh, you know, Ty Buttrey just tweaked an intercostal muscle. I don't know what exactly that is. I'm assuming it's something in the ab region. Um, I know that's absolutely, you know, no help here, but he's going to be sidelined for a week or two. Nothing crazy. He should be good for opening day. Um, so nothing, nothing crazy there, according to Joe Madden. Justin Anderson, though, on the other hand, um, he's going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, he'll start this season on the IL with an oblique injury, which is never good. Obliques always are scary because it's kind of like a hamstring, in my opinion. And, you know, you just there's no time frame for him, unfortunately. I know they threw out a time frame of four to six weeks, but I mean, it could take longer than that, to be honest, unfortunately. And it's it's just kind of one of those things. But, uh, you know, on, a, on kind of a good note, we'll see him in Inland Empire rehabbing, I, I think, as long as. The season starts in Inland Empire early enough. He might be there for like opening night in Inland Empire, which would, which is good for Inland Empire fans. Um, one other note, um, unfortunately, Jonathan Mayo uh, reported earlier this week that Angels prospect Jose Soriano underwent Tommy John surgery um, the other day, and he'll miss 2020. Soriano was, depending on who you're talking to, in between a top five and top ten prospect in the Angels system. So... Um, that's an unfortunate situation. So, you know, prayers out to Jose Soriano for that. Um, hopefully he gets better and we'll see him in 2021 just, just as strong and just as good. One point also about Justin Anderson, it's four to six weeks, but after seeing the, what I'm seeing here, after I'm seeing, after they saw the whole injury, I look at it, it could be up to eight weeks at this point. Up to eight weeks. So that's, there goes his first month of the year, possibly. Hmm? I mean, including rehab at rehab <sighs> rehab visit. The bullpen's going to be a little, little light to start the year, but intercostal all the way. Also, the intercostal muscles are the muscles between the ribs, or several groups of muscles that are between the ribs. This is from, well, this is from ScienceDirect.com. Okay, hmm. all on the abdominal wall, ribs to set up. Let me give the exact wording. Three sets of superimposed, quote-unquote, muscles located between the adjacent ribs. So, ouch. That's going to affect your breathing. It's going to affect your breathing a lot. So, best of luck getting that healed quickly. Okay. Other stuff on the agenda today. Speaking of the of the bullpen, real quick, I want you guys to take on the rules here. The new rule changes three batters per hitter. This changes strategizing a lot. John, how do you feel about this change? I I I guess I like it because it speeds up the game, and I'm all for speeding up the game a little bit. So I do like that. It's kind of ridiculous, and you change the batter, and you change up, you bring in the one pitcher. I like it. I, I agree, it does change the strategy, but but I like it. Well, uh, Jared, I don't like this at all. I mean, there's so many different ways you can speed up the game, and this isn't it. I mean. I don't like I don't like this move at all. You know, it's just three bat. I, I just I don't see how it's going to work. You know, the it's not. You know, I, I, I'm just just my opinion. I just don't like it at all. You know, unless I mean I don't know how the rule is going to work. If you can bring in like a, a position player to let him pitch for a batter and then bring in bring him back in bring your pitcher back in from the outfield. You know, I don't I don't know if that's technically considered changing. I guess it would be. You know, um, so. I, I just don't like it in general. I don't think it's a good 
rule. I think we just need to go away from that. Like I said, there's so many different ways you can speed up the game, and facing three batters is almost. I mean, if the if it's if your pitcher's off, the bases are loaded basically before you know anything can you can bring in another pitcher. Unfortunately, so just one of those things. I don't like it either. I think it takes away from this from the strategy of the game. I think it really takes away from some of the specializations that have, that have been created. Now, granted, over-specialization, which we've seen a lot of the time, has hurt the game, but especially you know in cases where the National League, all the strategic moves that are involved. It's like you're trying to take this game, and like it's like checkers, okay? It's like chess to checkers a little bit, which pays it with... Jeez, my wardrobe. It's like going from chess to checkers in terms of your strategy. You're not going to be going hitter to hitter. You're going inning to inning. And I don't really think it's going to change things all that much. If you really want to reduce the amount of time that a game takes, then, well, why not just, I don't know, reduce your commercial times as one? Or, heaven forbid, you actually have a pitch clock that is more conducive to getting a pitch out in time. But the reality to me is, why do you need to have them all that much shorter? The only time they're four hours plus anyways is when you have the Yankees and Red Sox playing. And that's all TV ad time. If I'm going to a baseball game, if I'm going to the ballpark, I'm going there because I want to be there. You don't need to rush me back out again. And if I'm watching on TV, if it's worth watching, I'll stay up for it. You don't need to try and fix a problem that doesn't really exist, in my view. Some people don't like a longer game, but you know what? That's what DVR is for. And if you're there, and you, you're there too long, no one's making you stay. The games aren't going four hours on a regular basis. You don't need to make it all that shorter. So what's the problem? If you want to make them shorter, there's other places to do it, like Jared's saying. It's just kind of silly to me. John, you, you're you the one who's different from us. What, what, what's your case there? I just think, well, I'll, I'll respond the same way. Baseball went, what? Eight, I don't know, eight year, many years before they started, all this analytics came in and started doing these, pulling them out for one pitcher to face one batter. I mean, Jared's a pitcher, so he's got a lot smarter. I mean, do I think strategy-wise, yeah, it's a better idea, but I think it gets lost on the fans there. I mean, you, you know, you pull one person out, you pull up, you know, it change, changes the batter. This stuff just is, to me, it's an entertainment I mean, I understand I want to compete. I guess if if we pulled, uh, we we had one pitcher bat uh, pitch to one batter every game, and we ended up going to win the World Series. I guess I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's just, I understand the analytics, but I just think it gets lost on the fans. I don't think it's as much as analytics as this was a, a part of the game, though that changed naturally over time. We started seeing all the situational stuff back with Tony La Russa in the A's in the late 80s. This wasn't this isn't something that just came up in the last 10 years. All this move towards analytics has been really, what, last 10 years? Maybe 15? Situational pitching has been around much longer than that. And this was something that was a natural progress. I would even argue that a lot of analytics was born out of the natural flow of the game towards these situational things. But also, John, I see a valid point is for if you're an average casual fan sitting out in the stands and you're seeing pitcher out of pitcher after pitcher taken out and it's taken forever, I can see how a person would be impatient. But again, there's different ways to shorten a game. You, you know, I actually, 
went to a, a park several times last year where a pitcher got pulled out one after another after another <laughs> after another I, ha- I have a lot of experience with that so maybe that's why it's a sensitive subject to me and i'm hoping that we can uh, you know you know me I, I understand it's not realistic i long for the days of the complete game i long for the days of the you know the seven eight uh setup man and then the and the reliever you know, goose bring in you know bring in gossage bring in percy bring in raleigh fingers uh to close the game and that's what they're there for but um like I said, I, I just looking at it as a fan perspective, watching, you know, listening to music, watching them go out, the, the throwing the warm up pitches again, and again, I'm in no hurry to get out of the game, Derek. I don't leave games early, so I don't think you're wrong, though. I just think that overall, if they really want to shorten it, they can do different things. If it was a, the, what they do is legislate a rule in it over what could be viewed as a manufactured problem, whereas the move towards the situational pitching was something that was naturally done by managers being innovative. In this case, LaRusso and some other ones going for it. You know? So that's my issue with it. You're you're basically kind of shutting down what was the innovation of the game by the people who are involved within the game, not somebody legislating from on high. And as we're about to talk about in a little bit, that legislating from on high is causing problems elsewhere. Just want to you know point that out. Sometimes you don't need to have the league office tinkering with a game that's already pretty good. And if you do want to tinker, it probably needs to be more intelligent than just saying, "Hey, let's just go ahead and throw a wrench in how teams are are playing the game in such a way." I mean, Jared, did you have suggestions that how they could speed the game up? I mean, you could take away. I mean, you could. Take away commercial breaks in a sense. I mean, I know that's a horrible idea because that takes away money and everything, but you can definitely shorten shorten commercial breaks. You can do, you know, sh- you can make in-between innings shorter. You can, you know, if you really want to put a pitch clock on somebody, that's totally fine. Put the pitch clock out there. Make sure they throw a pitch within 15, 20 seconds. That's, that's fine. But, I mean, when you're messing around with a game like this and you're messing around with strategy of the game, that's really going to affect how a game is played then you know you you're you're, you're gonna be you're, you're screwing up the game you know i i just don't know how else to put that um you know so yeah i i, I don't there's there's plenty of ways you can um, speed up the game but this just isn't this just isn't one of them well okay what's it so the pitch clock it's been for a few years now they have a clock out there in the outfield you watch a countdown but it, it seems it's nothing. No, nothing happens with it. I don't even understand. Well, I, I thought that that was ideally supposed to be a pitch clock. It's there. It counts. But Well, it's not, it's not official yet. Like They used the pitch clock last year in spring training, which I was about to ask you guys about because you would have seen its effectiveness more than I would have. But right now it's off the table until possibly 2022 as, as part of the new proposal. So I think, what, was it 20 seconds last year? Was it 20 seconds they used it was. The Atlantic League uses a 12-second pitch clock. I mean, there are different options, but right now people can just do what they do. I see much more in terms of delays in the game, more frustration from those uh, in situations where a pitcher is just taking their sweet time instead of getting the ball to play. I agree. Okay. Let's get the let's get the pitch. Something like it. Something's. I mean, Derek. I, I get out of those games well after. And again, I, I, I'm not. It's not that I'm in a hurry. I don't leave games. But it, if it is a weeknight, 
you know, my wife, my wife is the one who last year proposed we take separate cars because she doesn't want to stay till the end of the game because too often the end of the game is at 1030, 11 o'clock at night. Um, I know that was a special circumstance that over that extra innings game last year that went to past 130. And again, that was because of extra innings. But the, these games, you, you don't get home till 11 o'clock at night, generally. And I don't blame you, but also think about the fans like me who are on the eastern side of the country. We're up until I know. 1, 2 o'clock. I get it, but it's still part of the game. I, as long as it's a natural process, like a pitcher should be thrown to home plate within a reasonable amount of time. They should be. It doesn't really affect strategy too much unless you want to just annoy people. Any last thoughts, Jared? No, I mean, when you start affecting the game like this, you know, it's not good. I mean, somebody mentioned it for the playoff scenario, and if it's to get fans more involved, you know, there's better ways to get fans involved in the game, especially the younger crowd. You know, if this is one of those things that they're looking at, and it's like, well, this will get the younger fans more engaged instead of constantly changing pitchers all the time or playing the matchups. You know, the younger fans don't like that, or John doesn't like that. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where there's so many different things you can do to engage the younger crowd or John. Um, <laughs> in this. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that I, I don't, I, you, you gotta, you have to think beyond just, Oh, we're going to make a pitcher pitch to three batters, no matter what, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's juicing the ball to bring more home runs, you know, that's, that is what it is. I mean, even juicing the ball is going to affect the time of the game because you're, Hitting more, you're getting more hits. You know the time of the game is going to go up. Pitchers are going to, you know, get hit more. You're going to see more pitching changes. So just, you know, bring the ball back down to reality and let Mike Trout hit 40 home runs instead of 45. And you know, it's just it's it's one of those things that I think there's more ways that you can get the fans, the younger crowd, and John involved into a game than just the you know changing stu- little rules like this that are, in my opinion, kind of stupid. So. Free tapioca pudding. <laughs> Free tapioca pudding? That's where you go. Okay, you're weird. All right. So, <laughs> Jared, one more you thing. you get it, right? I, I don't get it. You get it, Jared? Is it because it's bland? Yes. Old I like tapioca like, pudding. Old people like tapioca pudding. <laughs> right. I'm old. So, it must be your favorite dessert then. No, it's not, I mean, actually. Is, I'm a cheesecake tap- guy. Is tapioca pudding kind of like RBIs and ERA in a sense then? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. You, you lost me now. <laughs> All right. So in terms of the rest of the show, we're going to go talk about sponsoring real quick in a minute. But before we do, we want to get one elephant out of the room because John and I both haven't said it. We're not going to spend very long, just a, a couple minutes on because we have not had our say on this yet. Uh, as for the broken trade last weekend, John, you have thoughts, and I have thoughts. John, I'll let you go first, man. What are your thoughts on the trade that broke down last weekend? I actually, I, I agree with Brock in in what he said in in the fact that, but prefacing that with the fact that we don't have it confirmed that Artie was the reason that Artie got frustrated and Artie stopped it from going through. So if that were to be confirmed with me, I would be a little irritated. I would be a little annoyed with, um, with our owner and his impatience, because I do think 
it and and even more so I, I listened to the you know the numbers that they were talking about the wins per player that they sort of added and had it been close Jared, you shared the Major League Baseball, the, the, the projections, and we right now are projected to be, according to MLB projections, we're projected to be a wildcard team this year, which I, we have to give already applause for that because we, that's quite an improvement. Now, obviously, it has to translate to the field, but that could have, in my opinion, and I think all of your opinion, that could have been a huge impact to us for us so i if it turns out that Artie just got you know pouted and threw his hands up i mean what are we going to do i'm nothing you can do but i'd be very disappointed in him uh, because we've spent a lot of time you and i defending him and defending uh the process and defending um billy epler so that's my take well i don't know this defending billy epler or Artie Marino in the past is just seeing the situation as it is and go, okay, this you got to make some sense out of it. You just can't be this emotionally, you know, uh, this emotionally, how I say it, well, immature in a lot of ways it comes to, you, you got to know the game a little bit in terms of how this stuff works and realize your team is not the only team in the league when it comes to trades or free agents and what they're competing for. So that's where any of my defense would have been. But in this case, the only news reports you have state that already pulled the plug because he got impatient over the whole thing. Why he got impatient, I don't know. I don't know. But when that's the only news you have, and the Angels aren't biting back and saying, no, that's not what happened, which I would think they would. Because that was a trade that was beneficial to the fan base, to the team. You just went out there and threw away a trade that, salvaged your team from getting from a, reportedly giving up any of your top top prospects. You lose in Hefo, but there's there's players in the mix there for for that spot. You're just basically guaranteed you're gonna keep Simba. Now what? Are you gonna get a better trade for what you're giving up now? No. Now that doesn't mean the trade didn't have issues. I didn't like giving up a player with control like Renhifo for a player like Peterson who did not have control. Then they're stripling those. Stripling had a couple of years of control. He's a pretty solid guy, both out of the bullpen and out of the bullpen and as a starter. So, in that respect, and I'll just end it here because I don't want to bore everybody who basically heard a whole lot of thoughts before. Artie Moreno botched this up. He botched it up. You have to find a way to make this trade go through when it goes in your hands. You're not going to find a better offer. You're just not. You had a chance to really kind of. Take control of your destiny, I think, in the AL West. Maybe not quite beat the Astros, but really take control of where you're going. And because you couldn't wait a little bit or you didn't want to counter, I turn away. The thing is, though, is I do still suspect that the reason why he got impatient was it's the last day they're making that. They're finishing the trade that day. Dodgers realize, you know what, we're losing some, we're, we're losing some pieces here. Or we're going to go back and ask the Angels for a little more than what we got. And Ari's like, you know what? I'm had enough. But the reality was the Angels were getting quite a bit out of that trade, and they probably could have thrown in a little more. Just my thoughts on it. I mean, it was a trade that was decidedly in the favor of the Angels. Jared, am I wrong on that, by the way? The last part? No, 100%. I think it was 100% on the side of the Angels. I mean, the thing that 
hurts me is okay yes you the you know you get a right fielder in this in jock peterson even if it is a year of it and heck you know if if worse comes to worse you can um offer him at the end of the season and if he doesn't take it then you get a draft pick out of it too that's what bothers me there um ross stripling would have been a nice piece i don't know if he's a starter i don't know if he's in the bullpen but that's a nice piece um and then andy pahez would have been a fantastic piece as well for as a prospect um but yeah, you know, I mean, you were the Angels were fleecing the Dodgers in a sense, and I, I can almost guarantee you, it might have been already, but I don't think it was a hundred percent already. I think the Dodgers came back and were like, well, you know, we're gonna need more in this trade, exactly like what you just said. I think that you know the Dodgers were just trying to kill salary for a little while, um, and it makes sense. You know, the Angels did it to get Rendon, the Dodgers were gonna do it to get Mookie. I mean, it it, it just makes sense to do that. Um, but but yeah, you know it it's gonna hurt. You know it's gonna hurt down the road, hundred percent. I mean that's that's really it to me. I mean I do believe that already. Prob the, the Dodgers. I mean it's pretty clear just even reading the same article from the Athletic that the Dodgers weren't too big on that trade anymore. Read between the lines there. They were they didn't go back and chase Angels down. They just walked away. Well, why? Because they knew they can get a better offer somewhere else. The odds are really good that they did go back and say, hey. Artie, we need a little more for this. Artie's like, you know what? Enough. I'm done. Enough. Not realizing what he threw away. I mean, so that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. You guys have already kind of beat this horse up all week, and we just want to get our say. Before we get into the the last part of the show, we do want to just point this out. We, we know we got to keep this thing going here. We want to grow the podcast. We want to get it's a little bit of better equipment here and just basically keep being able to provide good content for you. So we need sponsors for that. So reach out to us at talkinghalesgmail.com if you'd like to, if you like what we're doing and want to give us a hand in terms of sponsoring the show if you're a business. We'd love that. We're also, we need to get Patreon set up. We'll get on that eventually here real soon. You can also do a voicemail at 657-665453. I can tell you this, we have grown tremendously in the last year. The numbers have all, almost caught our Rams podcast. It's been around for years. So... That's pretty sweet. Thank you so much for all of you who've gone the way to listen to our content, listen to our shows, and basically been with us every day since late April 2019. And that leads us to the last thing, and, and this is probably where we're going to get some we're gonna get some venting probably, because this week's not been good as uh, Angels fans, as, as a team that's in the AL West, dealing with the Houston Astros every year. Wow, I can't even, you know, I don't know where to start with this. I have lots of thoughts, and this this conversation can go longer than what I have it scheduled for, so we might need to to uh, come back to it in another episode. But, uh, Jerry, I'm going to start with you, and then we'll go to John. We'll save me for last, because I think I might have a rant in my hands. Jerry, what are your thoughts this week on the additional revelations of how deeply involved the Astros front office was and where and the involvement of Carlos Beltran, the, the apologies this week, and of course the Correa the Carrera interview just yesterday. How does this make you? How does this affect your thinking concerning the Astros now? You know, I, I it's tough. You know, it really is tough. I love the way that the players, non Astros players, have handled this. I think it's been fantastic to see one player one by one you know bellinger heaney trevor bauer mike clevenger all these guys kind of come out and really kind of vent in a sense you know you don't get to see this out of players very often at all actually i mean there's not too many times where something like this is acceptable ever 
you know, and I think it's pretty acceptable for players to be venting like this, especially after what what happened with the apologies and what Jim Crane said and everything. I think that, you know, it's not acceptable how the MLB handled this, Rob Manfred handled this, whoever whoever was doling out, you know, investigation, investigating into it, whoever is doing all this stuff. It, it just wasn't fair for the league at all. You know, the Astros were not handed an appropriate you know, an appropriate consequence to what they did. And it it's going to show and we're going to see it all year. And I think, you know, the fans are going to have fun with it this year. And, and I mean that in a fantastic way. I think the fans are going to absolutely let the Astros and their fans have it all year. And it might go into next year, too. And it's going to be pretty in- incredible to see it. And I tweeted this out about an hour ago. And it I, for me, it, that's when it, this is when it kind of hit me that, you know, this whole situation has gotten completely out of hand. But I said... If a pitcher gets suspended for throwing at an Astros player, he will be suspended longer for doing that than an Astros player was suspended for cheating. I mean, just let that sink in for a second. That's un- that's unbelievable that you know <laughs> a pitcher is going to get suspended for throwing at somebody, yet the Astros can get away with cheating like this. And we know, like, we can call it cheating now. It's it's been out there. I mean, and. You know, it's it's an unfortunate situation. I know I say unfortunate situation a lot, and it's an unfortunate situation that the MLB has on their hands here, and it's messed up. And I don't think we'll we've been we've never seen the lights of something like this, and we never I don't think we'll ever see the lights of something like this happen again. I hope not, um, because it's just a bad thing that's happening with baseball, and I absolutely hate it. And I hate the fact that you know, I mean, I was listening to Sports Center today, and I don't watch Sports Center too often, but Jeff Passan was talking. And they were saying how baseball is just in a bad place right now. You know, everybody's fighting. You know, it just feels like politics. I mean, the Astros are fighting against MLB. You know, players are fighting against Rob Manfred. Hitters are fighting against pitchers. I mean, it, it, it's just all over the place. You know, I mean, it, it, they brought up a good point, and they're going to have to say, they said someone's going to have to step up in the MLB, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it works and how this happens. You know, it's a, it's horrible how this whole thing's gone down. I hate the fact I, I Astros players have handled this horribly. Um, Jim Crane handled this horribly. You know, the Astros uh, PR handled this horribly. I mean, if you're going to go up and apologize, you need to go up without a piece of paper in your hand and sincerely do it. You know, and the way that Bregman did it and the way that Altuve did it wasn't the correct way to do it at all. And we can continue talking about this forever, but I'll let you guys say your piece. John? Well, I guess I want to be a little careful here because I am not defending the Astros. But this, to me, is 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 a Rob Manfred, a, an MLB problem because I almost think it's a little naive to think that these players are going to come out, Jose Altuve is going to come out and say, yeah, the only reason we had success, the only reason I was able to hit that home run, even though you know we have video evidence to speculate a lot of this stuff, it was just because we cheated. And you should take our World Series away from us, and we cheated, and everybody should be cheated. And it, so, I mean, it's I don't think it's Major League Baseball is the one who. It dropped the ball here because the punishment did not fit the crime, and the crime is pretty apparent. I, I, I sat the other night with my wife who asked me so to explain it to her, 
and I shared a couple of videos, the one where Altuve's running around the base saying, don't take my jersey, don't take my jersey, and uh, don't, 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 and he's pulling on his jersey, and then uh, the trash can ones. So I, there's so much evidence to prove that something went down here, and that, and I don't blame Dodger fans, though, you know, uh, I don't blame – I definitely don't blame Yankee fans for being upset. I don't blame us because we play them too. Um, but I just don't know how – what we're expecting. Like, uh, you know, Pete Rose, it's, it's a different thing. Pete Rose, you know, said yeah, that was gambling. It had nothing to do with his talent. And this is you're, – you're expecting a team of people – the owner, by the way, was atrocious. I, I, I didn't like – because I that was the first thing I heard. I think it was on Monday morning. Turn, I, Dan Patrick was on, and they played where he said the – the owner first said, I don't think that this had any impact in our, in our wins or in our season. And then a reporter came right back around and said, excuse me, Mr. Crane, did, did you say that this didn't impact it? And he said, no, I didn't say it didn't impact it. They laid it back-to-back on the clips. So – but with the players, I, I, I think they should have been punished worse. I really do. But to expect them to just, I don't know, drop to their knees, say, take my ring, to say, I, I didn't earn this, is I think is a little poly, Pollyannish. That's it. That's all I got to say. Wow. Really? That's all you had to say? I thought you had more. Well, I have a lot to say. And so I'm glad you kind of gave me a couple of minutes here to, to rant a bit. I think the Astros and Major League Baseball royally messed this up. And it's setting some dangerous precedents. It's going to make it incredibly difficult to punch players in the future. And it's going to make it incredibly difficult when looking back on history. For the Astros, all you have to do is, look, we messed up. We're wrong. We're going to do what we can to correct um, your image of us by playing good baseball with integrity from this point forward. That's all we have to say. We're sorry. That's all they had to say. That's all they had to do. And instead of trying to defend everything, it was garbage. Carrera, talking about how Altuve has integrity. Dude, if Altuve had integrity, he would have put a stop to it in his locker room. That's BS. You're a leader on that team. If you have integrity, you're not going to stand for that kind of thing going on in your organization. Period. So don't give me that garbage. If you had, if you were any member on that team, if you had integrity, you say something. But winning gets in the way, and for a lot of players out there, it gets in the way. That's why you're only hearing certain ones saying something because the ones that that are quiet are probably the ones who would be like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'd say something or not." At least they're not being hypocrites. It's BS. It's garbage that you would go out there and say, well, he's got integrity. Man, stop it. If if you had integrity, if your teammate had integrity, you would never have allowed this in your clubhouse. That's why A.J. Hinch is fired, really. Because he half-hearted it. He didn't really stop it. Major League Baseball messed this up. Just like you guys are saying. They messed it up because when they offered these guys immunity, they just undermined everything else in their discipline system. You don't offer them immunity. You offer them a reduced sentence, a reduced penalty. You don't offer them immunity. Absolutely not. And this $5 million punishment, this fee, easily made up. Easily. You're owned a billionaire for crying out loud. Two draft picks, not enough. 
Not enough. Well, two what? Two years of draft picks, the first and second round, or just first round, Jared? It was uh, two, years, two years of it. Yeah, two years of it. First round. Weak sauce. Because you can, you, you got a 40 round draft. Come on. You can develop players. Just garbage. But now here's the big thing that, that we're only hearing a little bit of what people are talking, are talking about, and that is what about everybody else? You mentioned earlier, Noe Ramirez got suspended, what, three games last year for throwing it at Marisnik? For what? Defending his team, right? Three games. That is more than this organization's players are getting for basically defrauding the league and its fans for up possibly the three years. One year definitely, parts of another, maybe a little more. That year, the, the Astros win the division by 20 games. If they're not cheating, do they win the division by 20 games? Probably not. Maybe there's more pressure on them coming in. You can't say, well, we would have won the World Series anyways because of this, this, this bull crap. Everything, everything you're doing changes the course of the rest of the season. It's a butterfly effect, right? Everything you're doing. You just ruin the, the integrity of the game for that season and the season's moving afterwards because of what you've done, Houston Astros. And MLB, you, you just basically wrecked everything. Here's an example. Pete Rose is, now cl- is coming out there and saying, well, why am I being suspended from baseball, out of baseball right now, if these guys are, being, are getting away with it? What they're doing is, what they did is worse than anything I did. He's right, in my opinion. This is worse than steroids era. At least the steroids era, you knew that pretty much a large majority of people were were taking roids or another performance enhancer. These guys have been, been getting suspended for what? 40, 80 games suspensions, right? Nothing for these guys. So what do you do with Pete Rose? Because you're a hypocrite now. You're going to keep that ban on him for something he's been paying the price for for over 30 years? Is that what they're, how you're going to do this? Uh, that's my problem, guys. You basically have undermined everything. You've undermined the Hall of Fame. How do you... These guys are... How are they even playing now? You could argue they should be banned from the game. This was an entire season worth of stuff. Plus more. Not just a penalty of 10 games, 20 games, or whatever. They should be banned from the game for doing this. It's ridiculous. And so they're upset. Well, you know, Bellinger's respond this way. That is because you've, you have compromised everything. Major League Baseball's compromised everything. And that's a problem for me. Sorry, six minute rant. Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to sound like I'm disagreeing, but, um, but you can look at on, on this on different levels. In all sports, things happen. You know, you can go to the – how about the Saints, Derek? How do you feel about the Saints? What about them? A couple of years ago. Were they, did, did, for Spygate? For yeah, their Spygate? Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, for Bounty Gate, sorry? It was a bad call. It was a bad call in the playoffs. That they that – they, no, no, the Rams. That's right. The Rams okay. got the call over the Saints. And uh, my point is, is that, you know, basketball players – they fall. They fake soccer players. They fake. They fake uh, fouls. It's a blatant lie, but it's sports. I know this is different because that's my whole point. Is this this is different than players faking faking a, a penalty, falling, doing a, a a phantom fall. 
this is an organizational uh, issue, which I guess they dealt with the organization as much as they could. But the, but the, again, the penalty the penalties are just the it's the major league baseball is the problem here. That's to me is the problem, and I don't at this point nothing's going to happen. But I don't agree that it's the problem. Major League Baseball didn't create the problem here. The Houston Astros create the problem. When you take this all the way to the organizational heights of where it was, GM, possibly higher, all the way down into your clubhouse, and you do it for an entire season, and then all of a sudden claim, well, we're not doing any more BS. You have to stop cheating once you started. You just find different ways to do it. They created the problem. Major League Baseball made it worse by cutting this sweetheart deal for immunity and only going for the leadership as if these guys had no responsibility for it at all. If you want to, if you want to cut them a deal where they're not getting as big a punishment as they were going to get to get information, that's one thing. That's one thing. But no punishment at all? None? And if one of these knuckleheads gets hit by a pitch this year, you're going to penalize that team more? Are you kidding me? So you're right. MLB is the problem, but, but Houston started this thing. And now they're not taking ownership of it. They can be making this all go away in large degree by just being men about it, taking their medicine, and then living through it. That's one. That's all I'm trying to get across. Just take your medicine, take ownership of what you did, move forward. When you're saying, well, Altuve kept integrity, no, he did not. Your entire team didn't keep integrity. If you knew about it, and you didn't say anything about it, you didn't do anything to stop it, then, no, don't give me the integrity thing. And MLB wussed out. They're going to see lawsuits now, watch. Because you've, you've punished other people for less. Much less, but you're not going to punish these guys because you talk to them. Mm-mm. Doesn't sit with me. Jared, thoughts? You know, my thing on this is, you know, I I look in, into the future a little bit more. How is this going to affect the Hall of Fame? You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. mentioned Pete Rose and steroids. Like, uh, Carlos, Carlos Beltran's going to be a Hall of Famer or should probably be a Hall of Famer. But, you know, does this affect him at all? Um, you get a guy like, I mean, if Alex Bregman continues to play really well, he's got a good shot. You know, if Jose Altuve finishes his career well, he's got a decently good shot of making the Hall of Fame. I mean, even a guy like, Justin Verlander, you know, on the pitching side, Zach Greinke, who hasn't been there very long, but I mean, technically is now associated with it, you know, um, you know, guys like that. There's Garrett Cole, even, you know, he's he's associated with this now. How does it affect them? You know, so that's 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 what I look at it. And, you know, I mean, if you're not putting Rose in, why should these guys get put in, you know, for doing this, especially the guys that have been there? Bregman, Altuve, you know, Carlos Beltran supposedly, you know, is the mastermind partially behind this whole thing. You know, it, it's it's interesting, you know, and it's going to this doesn't just affect this year. It's going to affect every year down the line here. I mean, I it'll be interesting to see. I think Carlos Beltran is two years now until he's uh, going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot. We'll see how the voters think about that. You know, I mean, I know it didn't affect his whole career, but you know, it, it's affected his career since he didn't get a manager's job because of this, and he didn't. You know, he he won a World Series because of this. You know, so it, it's just going to be. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. John, final thoughts? 
I just to go back, I was referencing uh, the the Saints call against the Rams that you know benefited the Rams. I mean, we we can't when you look on instant replay, it, the call was wrong. The Rams benefited it, benefited from it. And I'm not doing this specifically because you're a Rams fan. That just that just came to my mind. There's nothing you can do to change. And, and I understand that was just a bad call. That was not cheating, but. Things happen. I, I just don't know how you go. You, I guess, like I said, Major League Baseball. If, if they want to take a stand, and 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 I guess, I, I but I don't even know how you can take away the title. I don't understand how you can do it. Uh, I guess you can punish the. It would be nice if you punish the players, but then which players are you punishing? You have to have people confessing, and I don't know. I just this is a mess, but I think base. I think Major League Baseball is is the problem. And I think there should have been a stiffer punishment um, than they did. And I don't think it's – I think it's just going to be debated for for all time now. Major League Baseball became the problem when they accepted immunity. That's the reality. They became the problem because once they accepted immunity, they had an obligation to also protect those players because it's already against the rules to be hit them anyways. So they set themselves up to be – to be nailed here. This is this is on Rob Manfred in his office. They should be completely annihilated in social media and in the news everywhere. And they are, by the way. They so you're right about that. I don't know why you're using the Rams situation or any other situation because that's a rule that was broken, should have been called penalty wise, but those penalties already have a na- a known punishment in place. This is not different. This is, doesn't, there was no organizational on-purpose cheating going on with the Rams, Saints, or anybody else who's had a call like that go against them or for them. This was a across-the-board organizational plan to cheat. Money was spent to put in the systems they needed to do this. Resources were spent. Strategies were, were created. Not just by one person. So by MLB choosing immunity... Instead of, well, listen, we have to punish you. This is how it's going to go down. But what we should be punishing you is a year out of baseball. But you know what? We'll, we'll knock it down to 40 games or 20 games or 30, something like that. Instead, nothing. If you have your choice between sus- whatever suspensions you just said for whichever players you wanted to are taking the title. Which, which, which? If you had your choice between the two, which, which do you think is more deserving? Well, what I actually think should have happened was, I mean, if I'm going to be hardcore, the player sh- should have been suspended for a year, and the organization took the title. Now you're not going to do that. So what do you do? Well, you you got to make the punishment hurt. Will the Astros take a 2017 World Series title over losing two draft picks and paying a five million dollar fee? I Absolutely. Would. Absolutely, they would. You gotta make it not worth it to do it. They'll they'll be the quote unquote asterisks that'll be there, but they're still the 2017 World World Series champions. They'll still have those banners up there. These players meant to live themselves the rest of their lives for it. That's on them. But the truth is, they needed to be punished in a much harsher way than they were. And then, however, you feel the need to punish them. I think suspension and stripping of title in some ways. But also, you know what? Draft picks also to me were too light. 
slash their international signing money. I mean, that's an organizational problem that they, that they did. Was, it was what it was. And so or the organizational penalty needs to be in place. You need to hurt them. They need to pay the price for it. Period. But you got to be careful because that's still a franchise. You want them to be successful at some point because if they're successful, they're league successful. But you got to hit them hard. Just that you have to, John. And Jared, what would you have done punishment-wise? I mean, you have to take away more draft picks. If you're not suspending the players, you, you, you need to take away more draft picks. You need to hit more than a $5 million fine. I mean, you look at in the uh, in, in soccer, Manchester United just got... Ah, Manchester City. Don't you dare talk about Red Devils sorry, that way. Sorry. Manchester City just got... Um, just got fined $30 million in American dollars. I think it was, or a little over that. I think it was $35 million in American dollars. I think it was 30 million euro, which, I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. 30 million of anything is crazy. Um, international money, you need to take that away for years and years. I mean, that's, that's one of the key things that the Astros do really well is internationally. And they didn't take away any international money. So you can go still, you can still go out there and sign international prospects you know, you can still get decent draft picks. I mean, you took away first round, first and second rounders, I think it was, which I mean is fantastic. It's great and everything. But, you know, you, I think you need to take away five years of that, you know, for this whole thing. And I don't necessarily think you need to take away the World Series, though. Yes, I mean, you can make an argument that you, you could have. But, I mean, you need to, you needed a lot more than that. I mean, even if it is the asterisks or even if, you know, it is, like you said, take away the World Series. But, you know, money-wise needed to be more. I mean, that's pocket change for owners. That's just that's a flick of the wrist. All right, five million, whatever. You know, so it, it needed to be a lot, a lot more. You know, draft pick wise, it needed to hurt them in the future. You know, it, it can't. I mean, it, the the draft picks will hurt them, but it's not going to hurt them that much. They have a deep farm system. It's they develop really well. So it, it's one of those things, but you needed, you needed a lot more than that, you know, and reading some articles, the mastermind behind this whole thing was an intern and he's not even out of the organization yet. So there's that. Well, to me, to me, you play, you play for the world series, you play for a world series, world championship. Okay. So all those penalties happen and they're not successful for five years. So what? They won a world series. The angels, I mean, the Dodgers haven't won one. I, I, if you, my point is they got the golden ring and if you're if you're just going to let them keep the golden ring all the other penalties and maybe it affects their 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 on-field performance they still have superstars they still the same people on their team but but they got the golden ring they did i mean you're right they can only go so far at the punch you're not going to erase a world series right if they're choosing not to strip it so I get it. Five years would hurt them. They'll still have it. But you still have to do something more than what you did. To me, cheating the league for two or three years the way they did is not – it's going to be impossible to satisfy everybody's want for blood here, right? But to give immunity to the people who – most of the people who did it, a couple of those get fired, a $5 million fee, million fee loss of two first-round draft picks, that's your penalty. I mean, come on. You need to hit this team hard. And I've never seen the league unite against one club like this, by the way. Even the Yankees, man. For as hated as the Yankees have been, and say as even the Dodgers have been. I, is, there, is there a team more hated right now in any sport? And by the way, about Manchester City, just want to point this out. Their fees 
their penalty still allows them to compete for a league title in their home league. They just can't play in the Champions League. The fee they got is redonkulous, but it's not the same situation. They didn't cheat on the field. They didn't, you know, they weren't out there roiding out. They weren't out there doing anything as a team that that would be consistent with cheating on the field. What they were doing was funneling money from another source and, you, and it's saying it was sponsorship money. It's basically using their own money, kind of cleaning it up to make it like sponsorship money, i.e. profit, so they could spend more money. That's the very, very root of the story, which is what caused the problem. And they weren't honest with it when when UEFA requested they cooperate with the, with the investigation. They didn't cooperate. So different situation, completely different situation. But yes, it shows that leagues can have harsher penalties. Any final thoughts? We've been here for a while. Time to go. Start with you, John. I just think we'd be remiss to not mention to not congratulate Shohei Otani on using his rehab time to get his driver's license. He will now be driving the Tesla, not iPay. Otani drove himself to spring training. Jared, you know, I mean, there's just so much craziness that goes on with all this stuff. Just remember that there is a pitcher in AAA. <laughs> just not I don't even get it but now anymore. I'm laughing because I guess apparently I don't even know what this means but I get it <laughs> alright all that in mind guys don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos search for our page also on Facebook we have a group as well the Talking Halos group you can find me on Twitter at DC Paul you can find John at Jake's Creating John Jared Tims at Jared underscore Tims and the Currently absent Brock Davis at BD Rocks 8. We're available anywhere. Podcasts can be found, including Apple Music, Spotify, Spreaker, all those places. I Heart Radio. Those you like Heart Radio. So for John, Jared, the entire team here talking Halos, this is Derek C. Paul saying, take it easy. We'll be back with a tour around the league. We're out of here. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.